You're listening to Wait Your Scout with Anna Skipworth. Hi everyone, happy Thursday. Welcome to uh, today's episode. So um, in this one, I'm talking to Jay Thompson, who was formerly a Deputy UK Youth Commissioner, uh, but has lots of really exciting roles within scouting. Um, Just a bit of a trigger warning before the conversation we have. Um, We do talk around uh, mental health to do with Jay's work, as well as uh, scouting. And um, we do mention uh, topics around suicide and other mental health stuff as well. So uh, just do bear that in mind when you're listening and who you're listening with as well. Uh, But yeah, I really hope you enjoy the conversation. It's really, really useful. And yeah, here it is. Um, Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for joining us on Wait, You're a Scout. Hey, thanks for having me. Really pleased to uh, be here. <laughs> um, so let's kick off with how you got into scouting to start off with. So um, I remember being a, a very uh, shy child, actually. Uh, I think I'm still qu- quite shy now, to be honest. But um, I uh, was um, heavily encouraged to, to join scouts by my, by my mum and dad. And uh, I was very much like, no, that's too scary. <laughs> I don't think I can cope with that sort of thing. Um, and I remember my very first uh, Beaver meeting where I walked into the hall and there was just carnage of all these people, all these people running around. Um, and I remember crying and being like, no, I don't think this is for me. Don't think I want to do this. Um, don't think I can. Uh, don't think I can manage this. And then give it a couple of weeks and I started to really enjoy it I started to uh, get into it a bit more I remember it was the good old or bad old days of um beaver uniforms that were like fully grey like little jumpsuit things uh, really really weird uniform um and you could collect collect two badges uh, that you work towards like two award badges and um, I remember uh, I remember earning them where I was very proud um but equally, I remember a similar saga when moving up to Cubs as well, where I was too nervous to move up to Cubs. And I was like, no, no, I can't cope with this. Um, but I did so. And I and I, and I kept um, I kept it up and I'm still a scout now, um, age 26. So uh, it can't have been um, too scary 20 years later to yeah. still be involved in scouting now. Um, and so where did you actually scout when you first started as a beaver? Well, I grew up on the Isle of Man, so um, it was my shout out to First Malou Scout Group, um, best scout group in the world, right? Um, <laughs> I think everyone's uh, about their group. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's still going strong, still going strong. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I was back on the Isle of Man uh, in a little village called Balasala. Um, so yeah, that's where that's where the the journey started, I suppose. I think one of the best things about one of the one of the things that you slowly realise is that scouting isn't just this thing that you do in your, your little village and I think as a beaver or a cub it's really hard to comprehend the the scale of scouting and how many different countries and thousands and thousands of people are involved and um millions of people involved all around the world and I think that's the bit that I I, I slew I slowly sort of began to uh, slowly began to recognize when I started meeting scouts from a different group in a different part of the Isle of Man or yeah oh, these people are from Norway or these people are from England where how come they're scouts too yeah I think when you're quite young when you're even going to like say district events or like events in your area and you're like wait there's not just us down the road I thought we were the only (laughs) group (laughs) it's not just us that do this thing on a Tuesday night yeah so you've had quite a lot of roles since uh well being in scouting um I think one of the ones you're probably most known for 
is being a deputy youth commissioner but what sort of adult roles have you actually had in scouting well um kind of all uh, well to be honest it was mainly on the Isle of Man when I um became a young leader and then um as I was a young leader I started helping out various different sections um and then when I was when I turned 18 I um kind of did, did a couple of different roles really um including um assistant cub leader assistant scout leader um and just kind of uh for the next couple of years um I was basically just um helping out various different groups essentially um and then one of the one of the biggest things I did in my life essentially was um I did, went on a project um to Tuvalu uh, which is a uh, country in the South Pacific um, and as part of the international um, branches team essentially uh, in UK scouting to go and develop um, and support the development of scouting um, in part of the, the branches um, in, in the South Pacific so branches are like a, a set, for, for all intents and purposes a, like a district or a, a county of the UK Scout Association um, and it's just this tiny little group of islands in the South Pacific where we where we lived for nine months. Myself and a, um, a guy called Andy uh, lived out there and, and worked with the local scam population. Um, and that was when I was aged kind of 18, 19. So it's a pretty huge formative thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, looking back, it just seems, you know, it's gone on for eight years ago or something like that ago now. And it, you know, it's still such a formative part of my life that, yeah, I, I was such a privilege to be able to be able to do um and I suppose coming back after that um give or take a year uh it was um I was training to be a mental health nurse and alongside that I did a various roles at a group level um back on the Isle of Man um so I've had a yeah a variety of roles really um, and then like you say um starting to uh volunteer nationally at, uh, for the uh, UK Youth Commissioner team uh well Deputy Youth Commissioner um uh and uh yeah so it kind of just developed in various different directions that over a space of a few years really and what's your main sort of scouting role now because you still do quite a lot with sort of like team uk don't you and uh, no not anymore I've ta- uh, no, okay yeah i've taken a bit of a step back actually um from a lot of things um decided that you know actually I'd given quite a few years to really intensely do scouting um and i thought actually you know what um it was, it was around a time when there was a, uh, a restructure in terms of the national teams. And I was like, actually, you know what, this, this isn't the right time for me um, to, to continue at this kind of intensity. So yeah. right now, my focus is on, um, uh, is on uh, my role as a, um, mountain, a mountain leader and a county assessor, uh, where I go and um, assess adult volunteers to take young people out on adventurous activities um for example we've got a trip coming up in snowdonia in a few weeks time uh, where we're hoping to assess people for for permits um so that's kind of mainly where i'm volunteering at the moment okay cool and i suppose actually it's quite nice to be able to like take that step back and be like you know what i'm just going to dip my toe in do the bits that i want to and i suppose that door's always open to be like i want to do the bigger stuff again but you never know yeah yeah for sure and you know what i think sometimes you get really sucked into stuff and actually taking a bit of step back is is helpful um one of my one of my friends died by suicide at a time when uh i I was still really heavily involved and i think that that really gave me uh, a lot of difficulty to you know for the first couple of years after that really and i think that 
at that time I was like you know what I need to I need to look after myself a little bit more and take a bit of a step back at this point um which you know what I think the wonderful thing about scouting is that that door is always open to people and so you can kind of um do as much or as little as you like but I think sometimes when you've done a lot people then expect you continue that at that pace and I don't think that's always um it's always healthy and I don't think that's always possible either so I don't think there should be any shame in saying hey you know what I need to need to take some time out I need to look after me um, and then I'll come back to it later you know this, you've got your whole life ahead of you to do scouting um, yeah, and I'd really encourage any young people you know to, to manage their time and, and to think about where how much do I want to give right now how much can I give later and to really think about it yeah so we've touched a little bit about um, what you do for work um, um, say that you've trained as a mental health nurse but you've um, also got like your own small um, business as well do you want to talk us through a little bit of that because I know there's a bit of sort of touching on scouting in there as well yeah for sure so um, after I was bereaved by suicide one of the things I wanted to do was think about how can I organize a way of giving back um, and uh, it was in, it was at a time when I was a, men- I was a mental health nurse I was working with young people um, but one of the biggest things I think we can do is increase awareness of mental health uh, across all communities and populations but also really importantly skills as well it's not just knowing what mental health is it's kind of knowing how to respond in a really helpful way and um, so my business mental health building blocks is uh, a way of doing that so it's a um, a way of delivering training a way of delivering consultation and presentations and um, it's just a way of helping me organize my kind of efforts to to increase skills and awareness uh, in populations really in, in communities and it's been brilliant I've worked with all sorts of different community groups um, everything from the police to women's aid to um, corporate businesses to charities you know it's uh, a real diverse experience and one of the people one of the groups I've been able to work with in that time is also scouts and I think there's such an appetite in scouting for people to learn more about mental health and that that's amazing I think we're already in scouting um, we are uh, I am we're always very inclusive in scouting, um, but one of the things sometimes is that we simply don't understand how to be more inclusive, and sometimes we don't understand how to support people. And I think that's one of the greatest areas we've got to improve in is um, is the skills around how to support young people and adult volunteers in scouting. Yeah, definitely. I think um, sometimes you always think like scouts are well, you're a scout, you must be resilient, you must be like this because that's what we do, and actually not everyone is there at the same pace or the same time and responds to it differently so yeah do you upskilling people to be able to respond to that well definitely definitely good and the fact that it's helping other businesses as well yeah for sure and I think the you know I think scouts are you know statistically more likely to be resilient um less likely to develop mood or anxiety disorders statistically um but at the same time mental health affects everybody so that includes everybody in scouting um so we need to be aware of that and um and it's not that you know it's actually sometimes we think oh how can scouting prevent poor mental health from developing and I think actually yes that's part of the picture we need to think about how can scouts support and sustain people in a healthy way that do have mental health difficulties because one in four of us uh, adults one in ten young people will have a mental health problem um so actually they're likely to be in scouting at the same time so how do we support and 
uh, encourage them to keep going and to and to keep going with scouting as well. So um, what would you sort of recommend for like maybe just small things that leaders of like any group could really like be aware of? I know, you know, we haven't got hours to go into this in detail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Small things that people could look at. Yeah, there's tons of stuff, really. One of my favourite things to look at, um, I suppose two things that spring to mind, really. Um, one of them is uh, the something called the Great Dream Model, um, and it's from Action for Happiness. Um, and it's a, have you heard of like five ways to well-being before? It rings a bell. It's, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's great, basically an initiative um, around connecting, giving, being well, essentially. Um, and it's five things you can do to improve mental health uh, and well-being. The, the great, the great dream um, initiative has ten things essentially, and some of them are very external things, like quite practical things, like volunteering and being active. And then some of them are more like reflective and setting goals. But it's basically ten things we can do in a, in the um, acronym of a great, the sort of great dream. The, those ten letters that start each of those. Uh, well those 10 letters essentially um and i think actually it's stuff that we already do if you look at it if you looked at it in a scouting context i don't know if i had if i had 10 reasons why scouts improve if, if 10 reasons why scouting is good for you it would look realistic like you wouldn't question it yeah. but the fact that it's an external thing and the fact that it's championed by action for happiness who are a, a great big global charity organization um just shows me that scouting already does a lot of good and I think yeah. it's about embedding some of that and saying, yeah, we already do a lot of good, but let's recognise that we do it and do it really consciously. Um, and I think that would that for me, that would be the focus. because It's on well-being and it's on health rather than, um, you know, and it's something that everybody can actually get their hands on and do because they're probably already doing it. Yeah. Um, and the second thing would be uh, communication with parents and carers. I think one of the things that, people always say as leaders is I wish parents would tell me more and my question always back to them is to say what do you do to enable them to have the confidence in you as leaders to give you that information yeah because actually what what are your steps like if you just sit there and expect the information to come to you would you as a parent or a carer feel confident giving your private personal sensitive information over to somebody you know not a lot about so my question is always to leaders, do they know you do safeguarding training? Do you know that you do mental health training? Do they know you're, um, uh, do, you do X, Y, and Z? Do you know you want to know in the first place? Um, yeah. On their form, does it have mental health as well as physical health needs? Um, so there's some really simple steps. Sometimes parents aren't going to tell us, and that's okay. Um, it makes it difficult perhaps at times. But actually, what do we do to enable them to tell us? And that, that's... They're the two things I'd do. It's the action yeah. for happiness and it's the communication with parents. Yeah. And I think even that communication with parents can be just like even the basic stuff like, oh, my child has asthma or my child has this. And you kind of don't always equate it to like the, the mental health stuff as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it all, it all interlinks mental and physical. Um, but yeah, it's about how do we how do we make sure that they actually have the opportunity to tell us? Cause sometimes yeah. they, they don't. Um, I know we've touched a little bit on um, some of your international uh, scouting, but you've also been to like lots of conferences and other things. What are some of the sort of bigger opportunities that scouting has sort of given you, um, as well as what you've already spoken about? 
Oh, um, so, well, I've been, I've been really privileged in so many ways and so many great opportunities. Um, one of them that comes to mind is the, the World Scout Jamboree. Um, I've, uh, last summer, for example, I was at West, in West Virginia, the World Scout Jamboree, and that was just an incredible experience um, to, to work with so many different volunteers and to, to actually make an event like uh, the World Scout Jamboree with 40-odd thousand young people all coming together. Um, I was on the, the listening ear team uh, on the on the jamboree and it was about supporting young people and adults that came forward to say, oh, I'm having a bit of a wobble, I'm finding things a bit tricky um, and getting them back on their feet again, essentially. Um, but no, it's, it's just an incredible experience to, to be around so many different countries and nationalities and see the diversity of, uh, of people, but also opinions and different worldviews and how that how they all kind of come together and um and make something work you know there's always going to be disagreements there's always going to be arguments but actually it met we made it work uh, and that's very much the scouting way um so yeah that that was one you know that was one of the many experiences that i've been able to go on and, and have that i'm really proud and privileged to have had really So um, I also know you've done a couple of talks that say like um, Gilwell Reunion and other bits like that. Um, are you planning to be there again this year or uh, do we need sort of adult talks again for scouting and mental health stuff? Because I know they were like I've been and they're really quite helpful. Yeah, well, I, I love that sort of I, I love that sort of thing, really. I love being able to talk about mental health and raise awareness of mental health. Um, and, and the more people, the better sometimes in terms of uh just sparking an interest in mental health you know if you listen to like a, a 10 minute talk on mental health you're not gonna it's not gonna completely change everything about your perspective of mental health <laughs> or give you all the answers you need around how to support i don't know a um a beaver scout with adhd and third carlisle scout group but uh, you know you're not gonna be able to get all those answers but it might just spark an interest it might just think oh actually could i try this a different way around could i look at this website could i look at these resources yeah um and I think that's that's a real privilege to be able to do that um so yeah it's been um yeah Gilwell reunion last year is a prime example where we put on I think it was six different talks on mental health uh, and every single one of them uh, I think apart from the very last one on the Sunday when you think everyone's either very very tired from a few two adult lemonades or um or just ready to go home and have to pack up every one of them was packed up uh, packed to the hilt you know and we had to say oh, I'll come back later to quite a few people that just couldn't fit inside the tent and I think that just shows you how interested people are in learning about mental health and how much on the agenda at the moment this is in society and, and of course scouting yeah and I know you said about like you know it's okay as an adult or as a volunteer to sometimes go do you know what this is a bit much but have you got any sort of like practical tips for people to actually go like, do you know what? Sometimes you need to say no or, you know, take that beat when they need to. Because I know yeah. I'm guilty of it, <laughs> of not yeah. doing it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. And it's a really hard balance. And the people will say, oh, you know, take a step back. But it's not, you know, actually, it's it's not that easy because it matters so much to you. Um, so a couple of things that I know that I found quite helpful. Uh, one of them is um, looking at... Uh, a tool it's quite relatively well known but a tool called the stress bucket or stress container and the idea is we all have a, a capacity to deal with the stuff that life throws at us and we yeah. generally expect our bucket our container to 
gradually grow as we grow. Um, so you'd expect an eight-year-old's container by the time they're, if you take an eight-year-old, by the time they're 12, you'd expect the containers to be a bit bigger. They're, so they've got more capacity to deal with stuff that life throws at them. Yeah. yeah. Generally is kind of what, what we'd expect. So a 20-year-old may have a smaller container than a 30-year-old, for example. On an individual level, there's no point in comparing different people, to be honest, because it's just so subjective. But you generally expect people's capacity to deal with what life throws at them to, to expand. Um, and the idea is stress goes in, uh, and that could be anything from personal life, home life, hobbies, interests, scouts, work life, um, financial problems, everything goes in there. All this stress flows in. And the idea is we have coping strategies and we have uh, ways of managing that. And those coping strategies are like little taps on the side uh, that release some of that stress. doesn't release all of it. We need some stress to function. We need to be on our toes because otherwise we'd fall asleep and we'd be very bored. So we need some level of stress. Um, but the, those taps on the side help us cope. So I don't know. What's your favourite way of coping, Anna? What's your favourite way of... Uh, oh. What's your favourite coping strategy? <laughs> Uh, probably doing some craft or something just to sit and do something just for me. Yeah, lovely. So that, that's that's a perfect example. So that would be a great example of it of a tap and actually allowing time in your life for the, for that tap to uh, to release some of that stress would help you manage what what's going on inside that stress container. Yeah. Um. Uh, unhelpful coping strategies are sometimes um are sometimes talked about in this as well. Like this, people will say are. Oh, um, alcohol could be a coping strategy and, and it can be um, certainly can be and one of, one of the things to think about is is it helpful or unhelpful so if I went and had a glass of wine on a Friday night with a few friends at the pub and had a chilled time and I quite enjoyed it actually that broadly for most people most adults would be quite helpful um, but actually if that alcohol started to become um, more and more repeated and actually I couldn't cope unless I had that alcohol can we yeah. see how that might start to become problematic um, equally though it's not about the alcohol it's about the way we cope with it and it's about the way we use it so for example yoga could be a great coping strategy but if you repeatedly did yoga to the detriment of other things in your life that could very quickly become unhelpful um, so it's not necessarily the thing although we can agree that more excessive yoga is probably healthier for our bodies than excessive alcohol of course I'm not underplaying the destructive nature of alcohol sometimes but can we see how any behavior could become unhelpful yeah. Um, and when it becomes unhelpful, it's like a little hose pipe um, on that tap, which feeds back into the bucket with the idea being that um, regardless of the uh, regardless of what that thing is, it will give us a bit of relief. So it'll come out of the bucket for a while and just go back in later. So yeah. my, uh, importantly, I missed something out. It's to say that when too many things go in our bucket, it overflows. And when it overflows, we often have arguments we often maybe withdraw we become isolated perhaps yeah. people react in different ways does that make sense is that kind of, yeah no, it definitely yeah. makes sense I think it's a good way of being like actually sometimes taking that one night off to go and do something completely different and just for you or taking you know 10 minutes to just sit and have a minute whether you know sometimes at camp I always find like actually just sitting and having a cup of tea and not talking <laughs> anyone, just for 10 minutes just means that I can then get up and be like, right, I'm back on it, and you can deal with everything again. So, like you said, like those little bits of is really helpful to remember. Yeah, and I think yeah, I think sometimes people find like coping strategies and stuff a little bit patronising, and I certainly have as well when I've seen it. I don't know, very Instagrammable 
kind of self-help stuff where it's like <laughs> you just need to try having chai tea or you just need to try uh, this particular type of yoga that comes from some uh, Buddhist temple in I don't know and, it, and it's a bit like like it's a bit like no it's not about doing something that you find that somebody else finds helpful it's about yeah. doing something that you find helpful so what is it about what do you do that matters to you what and doing more of what matters is is important so do more of what matters and drop in the stuff that doesn't so yeah. when it comes to scouting actually so looking after yourself might be doing a bit more scouting but it might be okay what is it about scouting that helps me manage my life is yeah. it playing games with cubs and going on a wide game doing a wide game in on a tuesday evening that sounds like you know a, a pretty healthy helpful thing to do the yeah. admin may be unhelpful so what what can i do can i delegate some of the unhelpful stuff um you know sometimes we've got to do unhelpful things or we've got to do things that aren't pleasant but actually or aren't fun but what can we do to what can we how can we do more of what matters to us how can we do more of the things that we we enjoy and it's not a something that anybody can enjoy like if I was to do craft um I would that would, that would increase my stress levels I'd be like ah, I can't I can't color in between the lines I can't stick things incorrectly uh I'm going to get my colors and patterns mixed up you know it would add stress to me yeah. but take, relieve stress from me so it's not about doing what other people think is stress stress relieving it's about doing what I uh think is stress relieving and that that's the most important thing is to think about what I value what I like doing well, um, so we've now got a new feature. Be prepared. On the podcast, where I say new, this has happened a few episodes now. <laughs> but um, our guest from the previous episode, so a uh, big man in the woods, Mark, uh, asked a question for you, and then you'll get the chance to ask our guest in the next episode a question. So his question to you was, uh, well, at first it was, what was the fastest fastest food? And then he changed it and said, uh, <laughs> what's your favourite way to light a fire? nice that's a great that's a great question um and i don't know if i can live up to uh big man in the woods uh <laughs> skillful fire lighting ability uh, i suppose if i when i heard that the first thing that popped into my head was on a beach with my scouts yeah uh just as it's getting dark that would be where it would be uh, okay. and in terms of and in terms of how it would be a case of uh getting them to do it <laughs> so it's getting the scouts to do it would be my favorite way because that provides endless entertainment um and it, would be, it would involve them collecting the firewood as well so maybe we'd take a little bit of um we'd take a little bit of kindling down to the down to the beach with us but getting them to go and collect it and getting them to do it so i suppose if i can uh, <laughs> if i could be very cheeky and just say in a very youth-shaped way where they go do it for me <laughs> That's a great answer. I like that one. I'm definitely going to use that with my explorers. But like, but guys, this is so much better for me. Like, I enjoy you guys doing it. There you go. <laughs> I'm, I'm here to be, I'm here to support you. But uh, yes, crack on and crack on. I'll make sure, I'll make sure uh, nothing disastrous happens. <laughs> really wish you'd use that at the weekend with the fire lighting. Yeah. <laughs> cool. And uh, so what is your question? Uh, scouty, non-scouty to our next guest? So to the next guest, what I'd like them to do is think about and answer how do you how do you look after yourself uh, with all the scouting you do as well as the real world stuff that you do as well. Oh, that's a that's a good question. How Very... do you look after yourself? Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Be prepared. 
Well, Jay, thank you so much for talking to us. It's been really insightful and really good to hear about your scouting stories as well. I didn't realise you'd like lived abroad for nine months with scouts. So uh, <laughs> learned something new. It was about a long me. time ago. <laughs> yeah, but it's still amazing to be like, oh yeah, I just you know moved country for nine months with scouts, as you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you again for uh, talking to us. It's been really great. And uh, hopefully we'll have you on again soon. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed the episode with Jay. Um, I know it was amazing talking to him and uh, discussing sort of mental health and scouting because they really do go hand in hand as individuals and when working with young people and actually with just other volunteers as well uh, making sure that we're looking after ourselves and others and remembering that you know mental health and physical health both go really hand in hand are just as important as each other so i hope you guys took some uh, some of the takeaways from that i know i have trying to make sure i take you know a little bit of time out of my week to have a little bit of me time so i don't get too stressed out with everything that the world could throw at us um so as jay mentioned he does have his business mental health uh, building blocks the links to that are in the description and we'll be sharing some more information about them but you can find them on twitter instagram and facebook um and you can direct sort of if you want to find out more about the mental health uh, first aid training you can do to there um and yeah and also we'll include some of the other links that jay mentioned as well um but i hope you enjoy and uh, have a good week be you later guys Thanks for listening to Wait Your Scout with Anna Skipworth. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Wait Your Scout. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe.